0: Oja ma perono, garin manna meja ma perono, gaya ma malai, ma malai, gaya gun gun malai, malai, gun gun malai, I don't know my Lord, I don't know my Lord, I don't know my Lord, I don't
1: Welcome everyone. Uh, you're on the Paradigm Shift with Ian. Today's show is about our expectations and whether we should lower them. But I want to tell a little story first. On on Friday, I attended a rally in Emma Miller Place just near the Roma Street railway station. And that was in response to the federal government's treatment of ref- refugees and their supporters, both in the Kangaroo Point Hotel and the Mantra Hotel in Melbourne. A unionist had been bashed by police on a Sunday protest outside KP Prison. One of the leading activists of the refugees was extracted from Brisbane's detention centre and flown to imprisonment in Villawood in Sydney. All that, of course, we we did interviews and stuff, and so I went down to the rally to find out what the organisers of the protests, that's the Refugee Solidarity Group and the uh, Re- Refugee Action Collective, how were they going to respond to this gauntlet that had been thrown down by both the Queensland and the federal governments, severely restricting the right to protest and really curtailing the human rights of leading activist refugees? The rally went quite well. We heard from a lot of different people inside detention, both in Kangaroo Point in the Mantra Hotel in in Melbourne and also in Villawood. So, you know, we got a real feel for how the refugees were feeling themselves. But we didn't really know what was the feeling of the people who had experienced these really quite strong and vicious kind of actions by both state and federal governments. Of course, the state government was in the midst of an election campaign. The people were to vote the following day on Saturday, and they were dead silent. They made no comments at all about the conduct of uh, the police, particularly the riot squad who bashed the unionist and put him in hospital. Nor was there any comment from the federal government about the extraction of one of the leading uh, refugees. So we started out on a march just wondering where we were going to go. The march was led around the city. It seemed that no one knew where we were going to end up. There was speculation that we'd end up at the immigration department in Adelaide Street. And then someone on the march said to me, just follow the people with the the red bracelets made out of uh, red material. I could barely see them but it was getting dark but we did see a couple and anyway eventually we went over the bridge to South Bank and there we came up the main street in South Bank there and up to the Mantra Hotel the Brisbane version of it and of course the Mantra is a chain of hotels and they are the supporting the federal government's detention attempts in these what they call them APODs alternative places of detention so the Mantra Hotel is a big detention centre in, uh, in Melbourne. So anyway, we come up to this, um, the, the intersection and the first thing we see is this enormous banner dropping from this, the top of the, the hotel, running all the way down. Mantra, you have blood on your hands. And with that, a whole lot of uh, red paint came trickling down the walls of the hotel. So it was game on. We then were taken by the the organisers up to the front foyer of the hotel. There were lots of people on the way. We passed cafes and they were generally very good-natured and uh, very supportive. Some people joined us in our chance. Some people even got up and danced. And so spirits were up. At the front foyer of the hotel, police had changed their tactics totally from the previous week. Where they looked like they were outnumbered by the protesters outside the Kangaroo Point Hotel. This time at the Mantra Hotel, the police were there in force. They lined this the the footpath. They they stood in front of the glass doors. They were around the corner. They were at the back. And by this time, our numbers would probably would be about four or five hundred people, if if that. Anyway, we're just waiting to see what the what 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 is intended and there's a bit of a standoff situation. Someone grabbed one of the Mantra flags and smeared her hands over the flag, you know, in a symbolic way. And then I was standing right in front of the cops and to my surprise and then amusement, I see this enormous Guillotine, as per the French Revolution, being wheeled out onto the footpath in front of the crowd. Uh, the The cops seemed pretty bemused as well. I did see a couple of cops. Uh, the um, the walls of were by this time were streaming with red paint, and so some of them had a bit of red paint on them. But they made no, made no moves to stop what was going on. The guillotine arrived. Then one of the leading solidarity people dressed totally in black and his face covered in a mask began a speech and the speech if I caught most of it there was a lot of stuff going on a lot of placards being waved a lot of noise but it seemed to be a speech very similar to that you would have heard in revolutionary France he was calling for freedom liberty he was calling for fraternity he was calling for solidarity with the refugees And with that, a small group of people produce this enormous head of Peter Dutton and they shove it into the guillotine, they drop the guillotine down on the head and, of course, the red paint flows. What was the symbolism here? Uh, Were they really seriously going back to the time of terror where the, the French people rose up against the king but then they started this terror campaign against the the ruling class and killing people on the guillotine, killing people who were suspected as being traitors. And all of that, well, you know, it was a pretty middle-class revolution and it led to a dictatorship, Napoleon. Anyway, even though they got their symbolism mixed up, I've got a f- I felt a lot of empathy for the organisers in those, especially, you know, when you're up against a bruiser like... Peter Dutton, and he just will not listen to Rhyme or Reason. It didn't stop there. We marched on underneath the the railway bridge, and we came out in... Obviously, this had all been choreographed and well-planned, I've got to say, really well-planned. We ended up in a little oval beside the uh, the Tape College there, and there were a whole bunch of people playing touch football. We interrupted their game. The people thought, oh, we... Don't want to really interrupt their game. We were still pretty strong in number. Then the most crazy thing happened was the cops decided to march between us and the football players. It was a a bit of a standoff. The football players couldn't play their, their touch. We really couldn't hang around there for much longer. And so the organisers asked us to disperse. But that was it. That was the response. We heard very little about it on the news or anywhere in the mainstream. But, um, and here's um, a little song from my co-announcer who's up there in the bush trying to stop Adani mine from proceeding. This is Andy Payne with History's Greatest Losers. <music>
0: through the sun and the rain, building belief, friendships and blockades. On that terrible day when the machines rolled in, I saw you turn away and cry but Sly knew we'd be back again. We are history's greatest losers, we are the ones who never learn They told us things could never change We kept trying anyway Given the chance we'd do it all over again On the street, we put flyers into hands didn't care. We wrote brilliant manifestos that the masses never read. We spent long and lonely hours in the cells and in the courts. We worked our asses off so someone could yell at us, Get a job! We are history's greatest losers. We are the ones who never learn. They told us things could never change We kept trying anyway Given the chance, we'll do it all over again The social centre closed down the collective broke up Those comrades these days, I don't know where they are dreamed of a world where everything had changed Woke up to surroundings and looked depressingly the same We are history's greatest losers We are the ones who never learn They told us things could never change We kept trying anyway given the chance to do it all over again Dispirited, sure Delusional, maybe But we're not defeated No, we're not defeated Cause we are History's greatest losers We are The ones who never learn they told us things could never change. We kept trying anyway, them the chance we could do it all over again. No, we haven't failed. Just not finished yet.
1: Should we be lowering our expectations of democracy? What are our expectations of democracy? Every three or four years, we go to the polling booths and vote. Our choices are between the major parties... In Australia, it is the LNP and the ALP. In Britain, it is the Tories and Labor. In the US, it is the Republicans and the Democrats. Then there are the minor parties, the independents. In Queensland, that means the Greens, One Nation, the Marijuana Party, Five Palmers, United Australia Party, and Bob Catter's Australia Party. Then an assortment of independents, like in Tasmania, you have Jackie Lambie, And in South Australia, you have Nick Xenophon. Power usually resides with one or either of the major parties, except when the parliament is roughly equal in the number of seats that have been elected. Then the parliament is hung. Sometimes in that situation, the minor parties do have quite a lot of say. The two major parties in Australia used to have different policies and they were policies that were designed to attract their base. The Liberals had the middle class in the cities, the Nationals had the country vote, the farmers that is, and now make up the LNP, which has broadened its base to regional Australia, including small towns and the outskirts of the big cities. The Labor Party, on the other hand, used to be the party of the working class, and in the big cities and small towns in regional Australia. Both LNP and Labor do not have a quarrel with capitalism. They each want to distribute the wealth to their own people. The dominant theory of capitalism in Australia during the Menzies era, in the 50s and 60s, was that there would be a trickle down effect. That no matter who won the bigger share, it would trickle down to the poorer people. By the time the Whitlam government came along in 1972, Australian capitalism was at its strongest. Wages were keeping pace with profits and there was nearly full employment. Then came a series of shocks, the first being the price of oil quadrupled overnight. That is, it went up by a factor of four times. This was called the Arab oil shock. Tensions ran very high throughout 1973 and 1974. There were wild fluctuations in the markets. The markets returned to gold as a commodity of stability. A series of wars broke out in the Middle East. Some were civil wars and others were between nations. Israel became crucial to American capitalism in the region because the US was running out of oil and was dependent on Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran as suppliers of cheap oil. Two Texans, father and son, launched wars on Iraq in 1991 and then again in 2003. The US ran out of oil until fracking came along but by then China had eclipsed the US as the world's major supplier of cheap goods. A communist dictatorship, ironically, was running a more efficient capitalist system than the home of the free. Several financial crises did not help. The stock market crash of 1987 and the global financial crisis of 2007 and 2008 Since then, global markets have been more volatile and people have become nervous about the democratic institutions that keep capitalism going. This was typified by the come-from-behind victory of that crazy man, Donald Trump, in 2016. He beat Hillary Clinton, who had the backing of the big American corporations. Clinton won the popular vote, but Trump won the election. Post-GFC, Australian politics were also volatile. The major parties kept switching leaders. Rudd, Gillard for Labor. Abbott, Turnbull, Morrison for the Liberals. Shorten, then Albanese for Labor. People looked to government to to bail out the economy. They did not trust the banks or the corporations. All the while, people were becoming more aware that the planet was warming. There were extreme weather events happening everywhere. Votes for the Greens went up. The major parties paid lip service to climate change but only played at at the fringes. Despite the gerrymander towards the major parties, the Greens started winning seats in the various Australian parliaments and in local government. They even held the balance of power a couple of times. There was a crisis of policy in the major parties. In the case of... Uh, Labor, there were no decent policies since Medicare. No one past Gareth Evans seemed capable of writing good policy. In the Liberal Party, it was hard to write good policy where social disadvantage was on the rise. People lost faith in the trickle-down effect. The rich were keeping all the money for themselves, sending their kids to the best schools and universities, owning mansions, yachts, and you know the rest. Labour's Keating and Hawke crippled the capital gains tax and gave exemptions to the rich and and lowered company tax. Labour even became the party of the bosses, with the accord keeping wages down. Both parties dutifully followed the United States in and out of disastrous wars in places like Iraq and Afghanistan. Australian democracy has lost its way. On the weekend in Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk won the state election with 57 seats for Labor to 35 seats for the LNP. Two Greens look like winning, two for the Bob Catter party, Uh, One Nation and Clive Palmer, their votes have tanked. Pundits are saying it was the pandemic that saved Palaszczuk, but where else could the voters go in Queensland? And we're talking about lowering expectations of democracy. Uh, And what what are they? What are our expectations? In 2018, the Queensland government decriminalised abortion through the termination of pregnancy bill. In the recent election... Anonymous Right to Life groups distributed leaflets in South Brisbane that compared the local member for Labor, Jackie Trad and Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk to Nazi death camp guards and claimed that they rejoiced to see unwanted babies thrown in the garbage bin. These leaflets asked rhetorically, if they murder the children now, the elderly tomorrow, how do you know you will not be next. In his second report about Queensland's democracy sausage, Dr John Jiggins reports on his experience of standing as an independent candidate for South Brisbane on a platform of cannabis law reform and explains how he found himself similarly slandered by this group.
2: Election day in Queensland was October 31, Halloween, As I prepared to head off to the polling booth for my final bite of the democracy sausage, I wondered what the day would bring. Would it be trick or treat? As it turned out, it was neither. Instead, I drew the troll. I first noted the troll from a distance as I put up my core flutes at the West End Primary School. He was standing at the entrance to the polling booth where the candidates and their supporters were giving out how-to-vote cards, displaying a large and offensive anti-abortion sign that read, Abort Trad. This hateful troll also smeared me and my campaign for the legalisation of cannabis by wearing a cape with a cannabis leaf on it and putting another cannabis leaf at the bottom of his Abort Trad sign. Because of the cannabis leaf, many naturally thought he was associated with me and with Hemp, who had used the cannabis leaf as its symbol in West End for 27 years. Some even thought the troll was me. A sickening insult. The troll's name was He used to sell large quantities of cannabis in Nimbin before he was busted over several hectares of cannabis he was growing. I remember visiting him in prison. Now he was repaying me by bringing disgrace to myself and the cannabis community and outraging the voters of West End.
0: Next time you need coffee for home, drop by the Coffee Roaster on the corner of Montague Road and Anthony Street West End to roast your own coffee. Their in-house designed and manufactured Piccolo Chinook Small Batch Coffee Roaster allows you to roast coffee the way you want in only 15 minutes. With the choice of over 50 coffee origins to choose from, you can roast an award-winning single origin or create your own tasty new blend. The Coffee Roaster sponsors of 4ZZZ.
1: That was John Jiggins just before the sponsor message. Um, now, one of the many who thought that this person that he's talking about represented the hemp party, and a lot of those people were disgusted by his insult of Jackie Trad, and and as was the um, the and was the local big issue seller. who spoke to. Who John Jiggins about the deception so let's go and listen to what the big issues seller thought about um, these insults flowing from the former hemp party rep
2: There's this guy standing outside with a cannabis leaf and a terrible sign and people are mistaking me for him so you're one of the people who did
0: yeah yeah look I, i mistook him as um representing the cannabis party which he isn't he's also slandering jackie's name jackie trad who's um for women's rights he has no right to speak on behalf of women's rights he's a man and do not confuse him if jackie's pro women's rights if the labor party is i support that and any other party that supports that Avoid this man that is using false and misleading advertising and saying abortion is murder. Bullshit. It's a woman's right. Good day.
2: I found the situation extremely shameful. It was terrible to see the lovely cannabis leaf so defiled by being associated with this ugly insult to a person so many of the South Brisbane community respect and love one who has suffered being pilloried over many years by the Murdoch Empire who own all the newspapers in Queensland. My campaign was grossly defamed by the troll and by the decision of the ECQ, the Electoral Commission of Queensland, to allow him into the polling grounds at West End Primary. I confronted the troll, but then Jackie Trad who the troll had positioned himself within eyesight of, came over and asked me, in a very gentle way, to step back. I explained the outrage I felt by his gratuitous misuse of the cannabis leaf to insult her, and she replied, How do you think I feel? I put up with this all the time. The troll had also positioned himself in front of a Sky News cameraman, so I realised the optics could turn ugly. I agreed not to make a scene, and decided it would be best if I left. My flutes displayed a large cannabis leaf, and the troll was cowardly sheltering behind a cannabis leaf too, so naturally everyone would associate me with this despicable creep and his hateful sign, and loathe me. I decided to find another polling booth and leave West End Primary to the mercy of the troll. So I picked up my core flutes and walked across the oval, but by the time I reached the gate, I decided I could not allow this troll to so dishonour the cannabis leaf. After all, I was a candidate in the election. I had paid my fee and campaigned over several weeks. This creep was just a free troll. Surely as a candidate I had my rights.
3: 17
1: That was Margaret Roadnight with um, Bob Hudson's song "Girls of Our Town," which is about um, women in uh, Newcastle in the nineteen seventies. And it seems that some men don't don't seem to have progressed very much further, particularly this one that the, the troll that um, Dr. John Jiggins is talking about at, outside the polling booths at the West End Primary School on the on the weekend so yeah well it's a strange world isn't it um we we may as well go back to that um i just uh trying to pull up what john had to say about the, this this whole event uh just before we go back to the final part of his interviews um of course we're on the paradigm shift it's half past 12 and we're talking about lowering expectations of democracy uh The Queensland Labor Government was returned on the weekend with an increased majority. The only seat that they lost was Jackie Trad's seat of South Brisbane, and they lost that to the Greens' Amy McMahon. Now, the sub-editors of Murdoch's Sunday Mail celebrated Jackie's defeat with headlines such as Hit the Road, Jack, and uh, the Sean of worthy Headline of voters say they really have trad enough. Anyway, let's go back to the third part of that story about Queensland's democracy sausage. I went to the Electoral
2: Commission of Queensland, ECQ, and complained about why they had allowed the troll into the school ground. I spoke to Gaisley Hagen and explain the problem that the troll was creating for me. He had appropriated the cannabis leaf that had been the symbol of hemp in West End since 1993 and gratuitously associated it with his vile Jackie Trad troll and in doing associated my candidature with despicable little him. People hated him with his top hat and his crude cannabis cape but most of all for that ugly abort trad sign. The ALP had already complained about this, and I wanted to find out why the ECQ had allowed it. Miss Hagen was polite and attentive to me, and this is a criticism of the ECQ rules, not her. According to Ms Hagen, under the ECQ's new sign laws, third parties have equal rights with candidates to display signs. As long as the signs were authorised with a name and an address, they were lawful. All it needed was the trolls name and address and the words authorised by and the ECQ had no objection. I spoke about how offensive the sign was, and Miss Hagen replied,
0: Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to take any priority this election, whether they're offending people.
2: My other concern was a gratuitous misuse of the cannabis leaf, the symbol of hemp which had disastrous consequences for me as a candidate for South Brisbane because my flutes, via the cannabis leaf, associated me with the troll. The troll misrepresented me. He misrepresented hemp. He brought such a disgrace to the cannabis leaf that I would not put out my flutes. I wanted him removed. This complaint too was dismissed on the grounds that the hemp leaf wasn't a trademark. Going home, I consoled myself with the thought that at least Jackie Trad and Labor knew I was offended too. But that was a small consolation. There was no doubt who had won. It was the day of the troll. This is Dr John Jiggins courageously taste-testing for your edification the sometimes disgusting ingredients that constitute Queensland's democracy sausage.
4: Listen, stories told People singing Language old Though you don't know what it means Literally you, Here it seems From far away But in this place With your liking You hold its trace, you wonder meaning, as you sit, and the stories, watching, watching you. Walk some more, reaching for the door, walking your thoughts from the tragedy. gone I've culture only touching on the surface in another kind of in between i red rock on you piece together looking out of way as you can out of air bringing me name, where. to where you stand looking, looking Walking out of way, telling face I'm watching, watching you See you.
1: Peter Hunt with uh, Red Rock from his album Vessel? It's a new release. It'll be up on the Triple Z database, music database, pretty soon, and it's available on all the normal outlets like Bandcamp and whatnot. Uh, very pleasant music there. They also Peter and other musicians are doing gigs online at the moment at the Howl and Moan uh, in down in uh, Byron Bay, and you can. If you just tune into Facebook on that howl and moan um, you you can see some of their uh, wonderful geeks really, quite amazing. You're on the paradigm shift, we're coming up to 25 or really 15 minutes to 1 and we're talking about should we be lowering our expectations, particularly in regard to democracy. Now what what now that Labor governs? We we know that uh, Labor has won the 2020 Queensland state election um, with the independents and minor parties making some gains in a year of the COVID man- pandemic. The Greens won South Brisbane and Maywa, that's over at Toowong. And there were big swings away from the major, uh, from, from One Nation. The 2020... Election result confirms that Labor is the na- natural party of government in Queensland. They've ruled in this state now for the past 30 years with two minor hiccups. That's um, Borbidge when Borbidge won briefly in 97, and then Newman in that uh, landslide victory that he had, and then he was deposed by a landslide when he sacked 14,000 public servants. Um, the Liberal Party has never been strong in Queensland because of a lack of manufacturing economic base here. Hence, the middle class is small and fractured. The Nationals and the Catters—that's you know the legendary Catter Party from up north, the seat of Kennedy, which Bob Catter Senior holds—and um, in the federal uh, sphere, and and his son holds the equally big seat. Uh, up there in Traeger, up there in the north. And they maintain their str- their strength in regional Queensland. Um, now, Clive Palmer, I think, failed because of repeated false advertising and his contempt for ordinary people, that's workers. Jackie Trad, on the other hand, she lost in South Brisbane despite having helped introduce abortion law reforms. Despite supporting treaty for First Nations people, despite making a a very good, respectful speech at the funeral of local Aboriginal leader Sam Watson, despite having held the seat since Anna Bly, Jackie Trad and Anastasia Palaszczuk and the rest of the ALP had, well, they'd sold out by privatising Queensland Rail. And despite that, she had some gains in that she uh she guided through the cross river rail and that will be probably come be in fruition by in fruition next year and she has helped uh, steer through the building of two new schools much needed in her electorate Uh, that's at west end primary and the new dutton park high school now Now, Trad had even offered informally to fund an Aboriginal cultural centre in Musgrave Park and that would make Brisbane fall into line with other capital cities in having a, um, a, you know, a a significant Aboriginal cultural centre. Yet, Jackie lost to Amy McMahon from the Greens. Why was that? Well, she was once the putative leader of the left faction of Labour and... uh, but she supported the Adani coal mine in the Galilee Basin on stolen land. She capitulated to developers by giving ministerial approval to the building of the West Village, that is in West End there, and Toondah Harbour down in the Redlands. That's the gateway to Stradbroke Island in Jerobar. So the, they, the voters couldn't forgive her for those moves. But these are not the only reasons why Jackie Trad lost. The Murdoch Press attacked her mercilessly, as we heard in the story by John Jiggins. And they made up stories of co- corrupt about her, about corrupt dealings. They singled her out as a sort of a left-wing radical crazy. The big banner on the Queensland Council of Unions building uh, it, it said that unions supported Jackie. Now. That was partly true, but the most powerful union, arguably in the state, the CFMEU, they'd already withdrawn their support and would not help her campaign. So, (coughs) on the ground, what did Jackie do? She was left in the hands of the true believers. People like former councillor for the Gabba ward and former Lord Mayor of Brisbane, Tim Quinn, Tim stood in the hot sun on Doorknock Terrace, begging with people that Jackie really needed every vote she could get, but it wasn't enough. West Enders have moved to the Greens because Amy McMahon committed not to take corporate donations from big developers. There is a new generation that just will not listen to the Tim Quins, despite the his sincerity and despite his genuine belief in Labor as the party of the underdog. The Labor Party has held the seat of South Brisbane for uh, the, the last 70 years with one brief exception and that was from 1974 just after the the big floods to 1977. The Liberal Party held the seat after the 74 floods but lost when the democratic rights movement caused a 10% swing against the Liberal Country Party government. Bjorki-Peterson had 297 people, myself included, um, and the future Attorney-General Matthew Foley. We marched against the government on the eve of the election. That was the 11th of November 1977, and he had us all arrested and banged up in the South Brisbane Watch House during the day of the election. We got out and we went and, of course, demonstrated in the square and and more of us got arrested. So the Labor Party took back the seat for Labor, despite the State Secretary of the Labor Party having threatened to disendorse Senator George Georges for his participation in that defiant street march. So there we had it, Labor divided over democratic rights not democracy, over democratic rights. Now, Stephen Miles has replaced Jackie as Anastasia's deputy, and he now and Anastasia now equals Bob Hawke's record of leading the Labor Party to three straight election victories. Only Peter Beattie has eclipsed that with four election wins, but even he was not as, as successful as the pro-development Forgan Smith, who ruled the state for ten years during the Depression. Only a war economy could save capitalism back then and the US General MacArthur drew up the Brisbane line preparing, if necessary, to sacrifice most of regional Queensland to Japanese imperialism. Townsville was bombed. For three days, The Brisbane's old Cleveland Road was a steady stream of ambulances bringing wounded Americans from the Battle of the Coral Sea. Queensland is once again on the brink with a global pandemic and an economic recession. Australia's largest trading partner, China, no longer wants our coal, nor does it want our grain. Both Labor and the LNP have backed fossil fuel economy, so little wonder the Greens have made inroads against both the major parties in Toowong and South Brisbane, even though they have to overcome a gerrymander to do so. Why aren't we making our own electric cars, like at the old Ford plant or the GM plants that these cars brought Australia into the long boom in the 50s and 60s? We even had a big car plant here at Eagle Farm that could have been retooled to make electric vehicles. The major parties would not heed the warning to shift to an economy based on sustainable manufacture in a land awash with solar and wind energy. We even had electric trams and buses on Brisbane streets in the 50s and 60s, so why not now? OK, let's go to Peter Hunt with Window. Let That was Peter Hunt with Window from his new album called Vessel and I think his original ambition was to record this album all live and um, with voice and guitar at the same time and to present that rawness without editing out the expression. He made, I think Window was one of his first attempts and anyway he gave up on that and we've now got a more a polished album uh with um where he's developed his style pretty well that was um that one was actually recorded in a cabin where he was living down at paradise one which was for artists that's down near uh, byron bay it's called a uh, little village called Corabel. and um someone with money had set it up so that artists could develop their their works and I'm going I'm to go out now with um, a very interesting song.
5: Como un documento inalterable Yo vengo a ofrecer mi corazón